Welcome to Fleet News Group's podcast. I'm Caroline Falls, and today I'm speaking with Lee Sauerwelt, Executive Manager at Uniting Communities, a non-profit organisation that is a real leader in sustainability practices in Fleet. Lee is also President of the Australian Fleet Managers Association, which has some 500 members, most of them corporate and government organisations. I'm keen to talk to Lee about some of the projects he's involved in at both Uniting Communities and with AFMA. Welcome, Lee. Thanks, Caroline. Great to be with you. Firstly, let's talk about Uniting Communities, what it does and your involvement in the fleet. And tell us when you first started tackling sustainability measures there. Yeah, it probably goes back a way. Um, we've been at it here for over 10 years. So right back in probably 2010 is when we first started on our journey. And we've been on a carbon reduction path ever since. Um, we were fortunate enough to become a certified carbon neutral organisation in 2015. And just recently, last August, we held a big sustainability event just to celebrate um, that milestone and setting our next uh, target, which is to be uh, net zero by 2035. So, as you said, you were an early mover and you would have a lot of lessons to share. So can you talk about like zoom out and tell us about how you've seen more and more fleet managers become interested in sustainability practices? and when that started to pick up pace and why you think it has? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, we were fortunate enough to pick up the Fleet Environment Award, AFMA's Fleet Environment Award, um, all the way back in 2010, uh, before I formally joined AFMA um, as a a member. Um, But over that time, we've seen it um, ebb and flow um, over the years, uh, attending the national conferences and the uh, local professional development forums. But I've certainly noticed a marked change in just the last few years. Um, There's always been talk of of EVs and just um, zero emission vehicles. But in the last few years, uh, certainly that topic of sustainability is now really been dominating in the space. And and the last national conference that uh, that AFMA held, it was really evident from the speakers, the topics, the products that were on show. Um, it wasn't just, you know, a few in the corner here and there. They actually were starting to become um, the main and, and the focus. So I can certainly see um, that that's the direction that it's heading. And there's quite a few organisations that are now really looking closer at this and setting their own sustainability targets. I'm just going to zip back to Uniting Communities. I mean, what does it do and how big your fleet is? And you were once upon a time like fleet manager only. I mean, your your scope there has broadened since, but I imagine you've still got a huge interest in the fleet itself. But, yeah, just tell us a little bit about Uniting Communities and why it's got a fleet and what its fleet comprises. Yeah, so we've got um, about 135 company fleet vehicles. Most of it is uh, light passenger. We do have a few specialist vehicles with commuter buses and so forth. 
And we've also got hundreds of Greyfleet um, users as well as so people using their private vehicles for work purposes. On the company fleet, we've transitioned to hybrid petrol electric. We've been running them in the fleet for the past decade. Um, and we almost have 100%. There's only a few um, vehicles where that's not an option, like a commuter bus that we don't run as hybrid, but all the rest that uh, we have been. And we also encourage our grey fleet users that when they're due to replace their vehicles, um, they also can access X company vehicles um, through an auction process. So we're always um, trying to get them into lower emitting um, vehicles where we can. Also, as part of our carbon uh, footprint um, and measurement that we need to do for United communities, we also need to not only fleet travel, our grey fleet travel, employee commuting. So this is people just travelling to and from work. That's also part of our carbon footprint. So we've got quite a lot of data gathering um, in relation to fleet, and they're probably the three components, our main components of fleet um, that we do need to measure. Um, and it makes up a fair bit of our footprint. Um, when you put those three together, um, it's actually a larger category than electricity. Um, it's almost half of our footprint comes from travel. I imagine that you have like a genuine personal interest in sort of sustainability or green practices and um, maybe tell us a bit about that. But do you think that's necessary in this space like fleet to do a legitimately good job? It's a good question, Caroline. I mean, I, I certainly do have a passion for it. Um, I don't know if I always did. Uh, so it is interesting when you reflect back. Um, maybe there, it was just there waiting to be awoken type thing. Um, but I've just become more interested in the topic over, over time. And as I've become more interested in it, I have a passion has grown with that. So I think it does certainly help. We've got a lot of passionate people in our sector, in the, in the community services sector, and are passionate about this topic. Um, so it certainly does help drive the change. I know in the early days when we first set this up, we had a, we still have a core committee who are the, you know, the core people who are passionate about this topic that have helped drive it. It's not just me. Um, but we've got it, and we used to think, well, uh, it's just tough, is it ever, is it only ever just always going to be this small group? Will we get it to the masses across the organisation and beyond? Um, but uh, I'm pleased to say that, you know, 10 years later down the track, we've, this is just part of our business, this is what we do now. We have it at our orientation sessions, we have online training, um, we have campaigns running all the time, and we've now got to the point where we've got um, people coming to us and, and asking us what have we done um, and just to help them on their journey. So, and we present at conferences and, and webinars and podcasts and happy to share our story with, with as many people who are interested in hearing it if it helps them kickstart their sustainable journey. At the um, 2022 AFMA conference uh, earlier this year, you said something along the lines uh there's increasing pressure on reducing costs and cutting emissions and that business as usual will not get you there. What will? Can you expand on that thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the only constant is change, isn't it? Um, it's so true for so many things that we can look at in, in every sector. Um, but, yeah, whether you're approaching this, you know, the broad 
sustainability lens a lot of people just think oh it's environmental sustainability but it's it's always had the three components it's um environmental social and financial or economic so it's people planet and profit and whatever you order you put them in um we often find that they actually are mutually beneficial to one another and not mutually exclusive so if your impetus is just to run an efficient cost effective business um, which it should be, uh, and including running your fleet. Well, we found that um, by having a focus on environmental sustainability, we've actually been able to reduce our costs, um, particularly in our fleet, but across all of our operations, because it's all about being smarter um, in using your energy resources as efficiently as you can, whether it's, you know, do you even need to make the journey or trip in the first place? If you do, what's the shortest um, route? Um, can you, you know, pull share and, and get a couple of tasks going um, with that as well? Um, so all, the way you focus on all of this, it has benefits because, you know, we're just running the, the hybrids. You know, we say the third in our emissions. Um, the reason we're doing that is because we're using a third less petrol um, and that's a third less fuel bill, um, which at the moment is uh, really handy. And, of course, as we look at the next transition um, towards full EVs, um, that's obviously got even bigger benefits in zero emission, zero tailpipe emissions, um, as well as uh, it's as expensive as sometimes um, energy can be. Electricity is certainly cheaper than uh, petrol and also gas at the moment. Um, um, note that you mentioned sustainability isn't only about reducing tailpipe emissions, like you said, that it's got these other you know, key planks to it, including social. Can you just talk a little bit more about social sustainability? Like what other things, what threads are involved in that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for us as a, a community service organisation in the profit for purpose um, sector, as we like to re refer to it as, um, we're all about people and, and social and the social dividend. And the main reason we've headed into this space is because more often than not, it's those people that are in least a position to do something about climate change um, that are the most adversely affected. So we find that our clientele that we deal with are, are in a lower social, economic and disadvantaged um, backgrounds, and they just don't have the financial resources to be able to as perhaps easily adapt to climate changes. They might not own their own property, they might be renting, they're not in a position to put solar panels on their house or have good insulation um, or some of the latest, uh, you know, um, white goods and, and, and HVAC as well. Um, so we've found that that's why we've taken a lead in this space because we can see that the adverse effects from climate change are hitting those um, most vulnerable the hardest. We'll be back after a short break for a word from our sponsor, Sofico Services. Sofico is a world-leading provider of enterprise software for the automotive leasing, finance, and mobility industry. For more than 30 years, international leasing companies and OEMs count on Sofico's expertise and technology 
to help them transform innovative product concepts into streamlined business processes and engaging customer experiences. With more than 370 experts, eight offices on four continents, and an annual growth averaging 15%, Sofico is perfectly positioned to help its customers succeed in a rapidly changing market where electrification, shared fleets, and multimodal mobility challenge us and our customers to play a pioneering role. Continuous investment in people, innovation, and leading-edge technology is the basis for continued growth and success. We've mentioned AFMA a few times, so let's just talk a bit more about them. What is AFMA doing to help its members make the transition and are you planning to do more? Yeah, absolutely. And I probably alluded to a little bit earlier that I, I think in the recent years, it's really been ramping up in this space. So it's, um, it's continual education and that's really um, what AFMA is all about. It's there to serve its members and link people and knowledge um, together to get great outcomes. Um, so that's what the association's all about and certainly the focus on sustainability and transitioning to electric vehicles um, and zero emission vehicles is the uh, the current, one of the key focuses of, of the sector. It's a major change um, that's, that's happening. There's been a number of um, surveys and some pretty comprehensive surveys that have been um, conducted with uh, ACH research uh, and, and asthma to come up with and just to get some key themes to find out what's happening in the sector. And we know that um, it's probably about 71% of companies expect electric vehicles to become mainstream in business fleets by 2030. And that's from uh, a recent survey uh, just this year. Um, and certainly just in, in, in the last couple of years, uh, looking at the survey as well, there was probably about a third of our respondents already have electric vehicles in their fleets. Um, and some have uh, a little bit of EV infrastructure as well. And so it's probably about a third that are considered to be EV mature, um, but a lot of have been at the early stage of that process. So EVs are still making up a very small percentage of those fleets, it's probably still only you know, two, three percent. Um, but we're certainly seeing in more recent times that there's more trials and more funding um, that perhaps from state governments um, is happening. And uh, probably most topical, the most recent thing is that the federal government um, has called for submissions on the National Electric Vehicle Strategy and AFMA, along with um, other peak organisations and others have put submissions into that response. And there was pretty much 20 questions that that paper went through in trying to survey all the um, stakeholders as to you know what the federal government could be doing to support the uh, quicker adoption, the acceleration of electric vehicles into fleets. Um, and that's uh, quite far wide reaching, um, uh, the introduction of EVs, because it, it touches everyone from the manufacturers right through to the employers, right through to the employees. So it's a pretty complicated topic, um, but it certainly needs to be tackled to get more of them happening. Um, yeah, as you say, like it is still early days for a lot of people. They're doing their trials. 
Um, but it's not just as simple as um, selecting a cool new EV. And um, what are some of the concerns that fleet managers need to keep top of mind in their transition? And um, should they be introducing like different models um, to get the experience of like different EVs? Um, or should they just have more of, you know, the same kind as they dip their toes into the water? Yeah, that's that's a good question too. I mean, um, Australia's lagging uh, a bit behind some other developed countries in the adoption of EVs. So we probably don't have as many makes and models coming into the country as, as some of the other countries, um, but they are increasing all the time and pretty quickly. So um, we're starting to get more to choose from. I mean, I can speak um, from United Communities experience. Um, uh, we've just commenced uh, an EV trial um, this week uh, or last week, and I've I just took one home for the weekend and just brought it back in this morning. Um, quite fascinating. I've driven uh, some EVs on some drive days and are familiar with uh, the experience, and they really are a joy to drive. Uh, they're they look so quiet and smooth, and their performance is second to none. Um, there's a few nuances to get used to, um, but it doesn't take long, and pretty quickly you can see that's the future of driving, and you know it's here today. Um, it's, I think half the battle is just getting people into the cars, so that's certainly why we've started our trial here at United Communities, and we've deliberately chosen to put two of the cars in our basement car park in our head office here at U City in Adelaide and they're our pulled vehicles. And we've done that so when people are booking vehicles out for company use during the day, those two cars are at the top of the booking list. So we actually get to ex um, expose as many of our staff to this technology as possible. Uh, but some of the challenges uh, with that Caroline are that, you know, it's not just, you shouldn't just be ever just throwing the keys and say, there's the company car and off you go. Um, those days are long gone. And particularly with EVs, uh, there's a little bit more to it than that. And you've got um, to plug them in and charge them and how do all the, the charges work. So we've been partnering with other organisations to help support that and get the EV driver awareness and training right up front before anyone even goes down to the basement to, uh, to book the car out and really help with that uh, change management piece so people are comfortable with the new technology. Oh, that's interesting. Can you talk a bit more about that? Like, who? what do you mean you've got partnerships with, with what yeah, sort of groups? Um, yeah, so other businesses who specialise in training and driver awareness. Um, so quite a few of them are being engaged um, by... Uh, other businesses and particularly government departments who've probably been some early adopters uh, with EVs. Uh, so they've been doing their homework in in you know the nuances of EVs and the differences of EVs and and the pros and cons. Um, so yeah, they they've a lot of, they've been putting packages together and working with us right down to the actual models that we've been running. So to answer your earlier question, also we're running different uh, makes and models through our trial as well. So every probably three, four months, we'll be changing those types uh, of those two cars to different uh, models, still fit for purpose, but just different uh, brands in there. So people get exposed to 
um, some different experiences there. But still, obviously, you know, their EVs, you still need to plug them in. But, yeah, we're just um, getting as much support and partnering with other people throughout the industry who are helping to support the early adoption of EVs. Mm. It's hard to sort of get off the topic of the actual car, but that's what we need to do as well, isn't it? Like fleet managers have to consider... Uh, you know, the charging infrastructure or how their drivers are going to actually charge the vehicles. So, yeah, did you want to talk about that a little bit as well? How sophisticated, you know, fleet managers are becoming in understanding these new issues? Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, there's a whole lot of issues. So this is, these are mini projects, you know, whether they're um, trials in their own right. Um, It's almost... It's not just another different, the latest um, facelift of the model that you've always been been driving. This is really different to your, your ICE, your internal combustion engine vehicles. Um, and yeah, you mentioned uh, so the training component uh, and the change management piece. Some people we're already seeing. You know, we've got uh, some internal posts on our intranet, and some people are saying, "Fantastic!" You know, can't wait to get in the cars. Other people are, you know, well, I'm not sure about them. Um, and everything in between. So that's why that continual education piece is good and, and we'll be sharing the experiences of of our drivers, good, bad, bad and ugly, what's working, what's not, uh, because it's important um, to address that early and and if things aren't working, to find out why not and, and get them working because we don't have all the answers. That's what uh, pilots and trials are all about. Uh, but the other thing you touched on was infrastructure and certainly for the fleet manager it's just not the people management change management piece you need to be aware of but also working closer with um, property and facilities uh, particularly around infrastructure making sure that you know are you going to be putting some charges in in some of your workplaces Um, what does that look like Um, we've been fortunate enough with this trial that we've got a couple of smart charges down um, in our basement so that's going to give us a lot of data um, interesting data about usage of the vehicles, but also um, charging away from back to base here in, in the public charging infrastructure, which is obviously um, ramping up and rolling out more and more all the time. There's been some pretty major announcements in recent times that will start to get uh, that mass of charges out. And also home charging is the other one that everyone's still trying to get their, their head around. So. Uh, um, I did trial just doing a bit of home charging on the weekend and seemed to work fine. I'm fortunate enough to have some solar panels, so I did a bit of charging during the day um, for not much cost and just a little bit overnight just to see how it went. There's a whole lot of issues to work through with that for employees um, and whether there's going to be reimbursements and and tax consequences and all of that wonderful things to work through, um, which, uh, you know, AFMA and others have been putting submissions in. Um, so, look, not, not insurmountable, but just lots of things to, to work through. So, yeah, I think the job of the fleet manager is certainly be becoming more complicated than it ever has before. That's exactly what my um, last question was about, um, you know, how this transformation is changing the role of the fleet manager and whether you think, um, like, are new skills required or are some old, you know, so, so certain skills uh, more appreciated than others and what sort of training should fleet managers be getting to keep their skills, you know, the appropriate skills honed? 
Yeah, absolutely. So look, we're probably not unlike a lot of organisations. Unfortunately, fleet sometimes isn't one of those functions that gets as much priority as the fleet managers um, uh, would like or we think it, it deserves. So, you know, sometimes the resources are always uh, a struggle, but I think you just need to get a, need to make sure you've got the right person in this role. And you're absolutely right. There's a whole lot of skills that are needed there. So, you know, in nine communities here, we have a fleet administrator um, and they've just been undertaking the diploma in leadership with, with AFMA, with that fleet focus. Um, and we've seen that as really important. Uh, HR, everyone's got HR teams and safety teams and, and training um, staff as well. And it's just trying to work out um, how best you can work with those teams to support you. And then when you really should be perhaps looking to go outside and bring some expertise in um, to support that as well. And yeah, it's really bring a lot of those skills together because to have all those skills within one person to try and cover all of this off, um, it's probably, probably a big ask. And unless you've got, you know, you're big enough to have a few people in your fleet team and many of us aren't, um, you do need to make sure you're partnering and have good relationships with those other teams in the organisation and, and some external providers and working well with your staff, um, being open to their feedback uh, because, yeah, there's a lot of change right ahead of us. I think open is a very important word um, in these times. Thank you for your time today, Lee. Um, I had a few helicopters land while we've been recording, so hopefully um, people can hear us uh, through the din. But... Uh, it's always been lovely to talk to you. Yeah, likewise, Caroline. Thanks very much for the time. You've been listening to Fleet News Group Podcast. It was edited and produced by Isabella Fiorentino. Thank you again to our sponsor, Sofico Services. It's great to have you on board. The original theme music for this podcast was created by Isabella Fiorentino. You can follow us on Spotify. Just search for Fleet News Group. We're also on Instagram. Facebook and YouTube. Our website is fleetnewsgroup.com where you can get all of our stories, videos and podcasts. Until next time, drive safely and take care.